Welcome to the Creative Warriors Podcast, the female heart and soul of photography. We are going to welcome Angie Mick. Pronounce your name for me. McMonagall. McMonagall. I met her just there recently. I've I've watched her for a while. Um, Anne Belmont told me about her actually several years ago and how incredibly good her architectural abstracts are. So I've been kind of had my eye on her, but I got the chance to meet her this summer in Chicago at an out of Chicago urban conference. And not only is she a pleasure to work with, but she's incredibly um, well detailed, very organized and really a pleasure to work with. So we're going to bring her to the audience today. And we want to get to know you a little bit. So if you don't mind, can you describe your personal journey into the world of photography and how you discovered the passion for it? Um, okay. Well, first, thank you. And thanks to Anne for introducing <laughs> you to me. I love Anne. She's amazing. Yes, yeah, she um, is. So um, this might be a long story. So I will try to summarize this so it's not too lengthy. But I've been shooting for... 22 years. It's a long time. So I started in film and, um, it was kind of, it was just a hobby. Like I think most photographers kind of start as a hobby. If you don't go to school for it, I did not go to college for it. Um, so when I first got out of, um, school, I got, uh, an SLR camera and I was just shooting, um, kind of everything. I really wanted to just take better pictures when I traveled and things like that. Um, it was something I kind of always had an interest in, but just never ended up pursuing it. Um, whether that be in high school or college, weirdly, my locker in high school is literally right next to the dark room. Um, (laughs) one of my college roommates took photography and like, I think I was more interested in it than her. (laughs) She'd like drag me on all of her photo assignments. And I was like, Oh, I wish I was taking this class. Um, but, um, I did not. So I kind of got into it after, after college in my early twenties. Um, Again, like I said, kind of shooting everything. And I started um, just kind of being unhappy with how photos would come back from the photo lab. So I decided to take a class at like a local photo school in Chicago to learn how to develop and print my own films to just kind of have control of the end result. Um, In doing that, it was all black and white at that time, um, just because like the processing in the lab and stuff like that is just easier in black and white and it's harder to find like the color version of that but anyway so that's kind of how I started um for the most part like the technical stuff I taught myself on my own but kind of went through that process again when I took those classes and then as I started taking the film classes to learn to print and develop and all of that kind of stuff um they offered like gallery shows and stuff like that if you completed certain courses and like that was a motivator you know I think getting your work seen in some way. And this was pre, you know, everything on the internet. It was pre Instagram, pre Flickr, pre Facebook, like all of this stuff. So the only real way you got your work seen was to do shows and things like this. So, um, I started doing that and just got more and more interested in, in shooting, um, kind of, it's still a hobby, but it like gradually progressed into something more. Um, I think at that time, I didn't really know what I wanted to focus on. It took me a really, honestly, it took me 11 years to figure that out. Um, I shot a lot of everything. There were things I knew I didn't like. It was like the process of elimination. Like I knew I didn't really like photographing people. However, I did do that for about six years. 
right around the time I had my kids, I did portrait work for six years. Like I'd post photos of my kids on Facebook. Um, and people would start asking me to take pictures of their kids and you start making a little bit of money and you're like, Oh, this is great. Someone's paying me. Somebody thinks <laughs> my photos are worthy. Um, so you just kind of get sucked into these things. Um, so I did that for a while. Um, we were living in Chicago, moved to Milwaukee and then moved back to Chicago. And at that point I decided I just wanted to be done, um, with the portrait stuff. I didn't like it. Um, you know, it was, like I said, that process of elimination. So if you don't like really photographing people, that rules out portraits, that rules out weddings, that rules out fashion, it rules out street. Um, kind of rules out all of these things, but I still didn't know what I wanted to do. So this was just kind of a point. So this is around 2011. Um, I started shooting in 2001. So, um, this was around 2011. I was just trying to figure out what the heck it was that I wanted to photograph. My kids were really little at the time. My daughter was four. My son was like a year and a half. Um, and finding a time was honestly challenging and I was getting frustrated because I didn't know when to go shoot. I didn't know what I wanted to shoot. And this is kind of absurd, but I had bought these cards when this deck of cards, when we first moved to Chicago, it's called 52 adventures in Chicago. And I'm like, okay, this is like an assignment. I'm going to give myself, I would fan out the cards. My four-year-old daughter would draw a card and we just go wherever that card was. Um, And this was going to be an adventure for the kids. And it was (laughs) going to be my photo assignment. Like this is going to be like my moment to like actually like make some work and like create something and try to figure out what the heck it was I wanted to do. Um, The first card we drew was a cemetery, which is hilarious. And I'm like, (laughs) oh, what am I going to do in a cemetery with two little kids? Um, But weirdly, it was kind of great. You know, you're not, you don't have traffic. My daughter was riding a bike. Like I could pause and take pictures and not worry about people and cars and all of these things. And it's, it's a famous cemetery here called Graceland Cemetery. And um, it was, it was interesting. So anyway, each week we would do this. And um, I started noticing a pattern in the images um, over, you know, a few months um, that the things, regardless of where we were, whether it was a specific neighborhood, um, a park, um, you know, one of the cards was like going to antique stores. Like there's lots of different like random things. So it just kind of like threw me into different neighborhoods in the city But I started to notice that as I went through photos or the things that I most liked from each little outing were more detailed and architectural. So look, we're in a park. I could have shot people. I could have shot nature, but I kept being drawn to anything that was architectural within those spaces and more specifically, like just detailed aspects of those spaces. Um, So it was in like reviewing the images from week to week that I started to kind of make sense of what it was that like most made me excited or interested in picking up a camera. And that ended up being architecture and more specifically the more detailed or abstract perspectives of a space. And so from that, I'd say around 2012, like early 2012, that's what I started focusing on. Then I was, you know, I ended up starting to get a, I got a babysitter one day a week for half a day, like four hours. I'm like four hours, one day a week for myself to go make photos. And I made a list of all like, like interesting buildings in Chicago. And I would go shoot one building on a given outing. Um, sometimes I only had an hour, like I dropped my son off at preschool and he'd only be there for like two hours. I'm like, okay, I got to go somewhere close. because <laughs> I don't have a lot of time. Um, but honestly, I think it's with those constraints, um, whether it's location or time, um, you know, my gear was super limited. I had one lens at the time, my 2470, 
um, that I started making all of these, these images and I started piecing together kind of a style or a consistent way that I started seeing all these, all these spaces, um, or locations or architectural things. I mean, one time I went and photographed a bench. I, it sounds ridiculous, but it was a very cool bench. <laughs> very curvy. It doesn't, it doesn't and sound very ridiculous to me. Architectural <laughs> and yeah. So anyway, that's a very long, um, story about how, I guess, like my journey or how things started for me, um, photographically and, yeah, that's how it started. Um, today I still do the abstract stuff. That's more of a personal thing. Um, I do a lot of that when I teach workshops, but, um, since 2017 ish, I've been shooting a little more commercially. So for architecture firms, developers, design firms, landscape architects, things like that. Um, so it's just another aspect of what I do. So kind of a mix of more documenting a building in a space. Um, and then still the abstracting, which is kind of how I started in this whole genre, I suppose. Okay, cool. There you go. (laughs) Very cool. Um, tell, tell the audience a little bit about where you are now, um, in terms of some of the things that, you know, career wise you've accomplished as a woman in a, in a challenging world of photography, um, some of the places your artwork is just to kind of give us a little more depth to your background. Sure. Um, so in terms of the abstract stuff, since that's kind of how I got started in this, I guess I'll start there. Um, once I kind of focused and this is where I was putting my energy and this is what I put on my website and I removed the people stuff and I removed the landscape stuff, um, and became much more focused in this styles started to be more consistent. Um, I started getting calls or emails from art consultants. And at the time I didn't know what an art consultant was. So basically they act as like, um, I don't know if a middleman is like the right way to say it, but basically they, they find artwork for bigger clients. So hotels, um, corporate residences or offices, um, healthcare places, things like that. So they source artwork for these really big clients. Um, so they started reaching out to me and, um, you know, I'm like, wait, what you like want to license photos and print and do all the production and you're going to pay me. And, you know, it was all just very confusing. And, you know, I'm like, is this legit? Like you hand over a high res file and they're going to make all the work and you just trust that they're not going to go use it elsewhere. Um, I mean, super naive at the time, didn't have a contract. I'm like, yeah, sure, (laughs) do this. And didn't know how to price, didn't know anything I was doing. I didn't know anybody that did this kind of stuff, so I didn't even know who to talk to. Um, But that's kind of how I got started in terms of, um, I guess, making money or moving towards a career in this. And then obviously I got smarter about it and more proactive and started seeking out other art consultants. I came up with a price list and a contract and, um, you know, kind of a streamlined way to handle these types of clients. Um, most of it is where they'd come to me and license images that I already have. Um, you know, they'd ask like, can you give me a collection of images from New York city that are all black and white? Can you show me a set of images that are, um, curvy and sensual black and white, like themed ideas or location ideas. And then I'd pull images and they select on occasion. I'll get commissions. Um, probably the biggest commission I ever had was, um, at the time it was Starwood hotels. Um, they've been bought up by Marriott at this point. Um, but it was for 
the Le Meridian Hotel in Paris. And they sent me there for two weeks to make images for the renovation um, of the hotel. So originally it was just for the corridors of the hotel. Um, and then they ended up licensing a lot more images for all the guest rooms and things like that. And then flew me back and made like a promo video of me shooting behind the scenes and then flew me back again for an Instagram campaign. Um, so that's probably like the most amazing job I've ever had in terms of um, just like really fun, like complete creative freedom. Um, you know, who wants, who doesn't want to spend two weeks in Paris? Yeah, really. <laughs> I'll take that by itself. Pretty fantastic. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I've had a couple more of those things, but they're not super common um, because obviously it costs the client way more money and there's a higher risk. They don't know what they're getting. Um, you know, they see my style and hopefully they feel pretty confident in it, but um, you know, there's always a risk. So that's part of that. Um, other things like, then I started teaching for out of Chicago in 2014, Chris, um, maybe a couple years before that somehow saw my photos, I think on Flickr and reached out about me kind of contributing to his blog so we did that. We kind of became friends. He started doing conferences and asked me to teach. And I said, absolutely not. This is not <laughs> happening, Chris. Who wants to learn from me? What do I know? And he just kept pushing it. And I'm like, oh my God, fine, fine. I'll do it. Um, so obviously that went reasonably well. Um, I've taught with him every year since. Um, not the landscape stuff, but anytime he does a city thing or a live thing or the urban conference where we just met. Um, and then I started doing some of my own workshops in 2017, um, and kind of go, kind of go all over. Um, this year I was in LA, then Chicago. Um, I'm leaving for San Francisco in tomorrow, tomorrow. Oh, and then goodness. I have an, another one in Toronto, um, at the end of September. Um, and then next year, um, I'm only doing three workshops. So Mexico city, Chicago, and New York. So, Anyway, each year is a little bit different. I always do Chicago. So yeah, I've been teaching on my own um, a little bit. And then, like I said, in 2017, I kind of started doing a little more commercial work. Um, so just a different approach. It's a very different approach. Um, I, I find it hard to switch between the two where I kind of need like, it's almost like you need a palate cleanser to like, you know, okay, here's you're looking at the whole thing and then to shift into that idea of tiny little pieces of a space and the abstraction of it. It's just a very different mindset. It's a, it's a different approach. Um, they're very, very different. Um, you know, the commercial stuff, you're on a tripod and tilt shift lenses and everything is, it's a slower process. For me, when I do the abstract stuff, it's more free-flowing. Um, and, you know, I'm not using a tripod and just very different types of lenses and, and things like that. But I like both. They're just they're different. Um, you know, I like the variety between those two things and the teaching. Um, it's a nice mix. And it pays yeah. the bills. That's always helpful. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, that is a good, <laughs> to be good realistic, thing. right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, diversifying is never a bad thing no. um, in terms of kind of covering yourself. Upgrade your experience with our premium subscription. Enjoy exclusive features, enhanced content, and seamless extended interviews. Elevate your enjoyment and personal growth with our premium subscription today. If you enjoy the Creative Warrior podcast, the female heart and soul of photography, please like, subscribe, share, and comment. Thank you. Now, I know this this journey that you've been on was not always easy. So can you um, share some of the personal obstacles that you had to 
overcome to achieve or to get to where you are now? Just, you know. I mean, yeah, I guess there's a, a, a couple things to answer that. I mean, there's obviously the uh, obstacles or challenges related to balancing your family life and work. And especially when you're working for yourself and there's this tendency to work every day of the week, way too many hours, you know, and constantly answering emails and being up super late and up super early and trying to manage schedules, um, you know, make sure the kids need to be, get where they need to be and I can be on shoots and, and things like that. So, I mean, that is never easy to be honest with you. I mean, my kids are older now. My daughter's 16 and my son is 12. So they're a little more, well, a lot more independent than when I started <laughs> this. So it makes it much easier, honestly. Um, my ex-husband and I have like a really good relationship in terms of kind of balancing schedules and each of our travel schedules and things like that. And we've been very flexible with each other, which is clearly very helpful in that regard. Um, and other types of challenges, just like professionally, um, getting your name out there, marketing yourself. Marketing is hard. Like, at least it is to me. I think it's one of those things that like figuring out who your client base is and then how to reach them. Like, how do I get them to see me or see my work? Um, those things have been challenging. And, you know, it's nice when you meet other photographers that you can talk to about these things. Like, how did you handle this? Or how did you um, end up being able to work with this client? You know, what things work? Um, I don't know. I, I, to me, I guess those are probably the two biggest challenges and, and both continue to be challenges. <laughs> they're not... <laughs> They're not things that are ever going to go away. Obviously, things get easier as time progresses, as my kids get older, and as I get a more solid client base, whether they're the art consultants or the architecture firms. Um, word of mouth helps, you know, obviously in all of these categories, being easy to work with, um, being flexible, um, you know, being able to listen to your clients and try to take into consideration their concerns and their needs while also staying true to the way that you see things. Um, trying to mix the two when you're being hired for someone or being commissioned for something, obviously with the abstract work and the more personal stuff, it's kind of whatever I want to do. And people come to it after the fact, so they already know that they like it. Um, however, when you're commissioned, even for that kind of stuff, there's a, there's always pressure. There's always, you know, hope I can deliver and fear, (laughs) but you know, the more you do it, the more secure you feel in it. Um, but there's always, there's always new stuff to learn. Photography is an ever-changing technology. I guess that's another challenge too. I feel like I'm a technically challenged person. Like I don't love the technical aspect of photography. So it's to like learn. Like I got certified to um, fly the drone like three years ago and dreaded the whole process, honestly. Like learning something so different. Um, you know, from scratch and, you know, it still is a challenge a little bit, but, um, you know how it is. Like everything's always updating new cameras, new software. And you're like, how do I use this? Like AI now, like all of these things, like, and it's a never ending learning process. The drone, I I was doing the prep for the 107 license Yeah, and that is a beast. I mean, it was just, it was not what I expected. I was like, oh my gosh, why do I need to know this stuff? But anyway, that's crazy. So Kudos to you for going through that. I 
Yeah. I took me, I did it during COVID, which was probably great because I had like so much downtime. So it's like the many, many hours you spend like going through the coursework and practice tests and stuff like that. Um, if you verify the research, it's super easy. So every two years when you have to redo it, it's way easier than the first time around. <laughs> so, in case you're wondering. Uh, thank you for sharing that information because that, that is definitely a beast of a test. <laughs> yeah, it's not fun. So tell me about your, um, how do you think photography has played into your personal inner growth and even how you parent? Do you think there's a, correlation between the way you see the world, the way you share your, your vision, your artistic talent with the world. Do you think that has impacted you personally? That's a good question. Um, not sure that's something I've ever really thought about, but I would say, yes, I think that everything we experience influences us personally and something that you put so much time and energy into it's bound to influence you and the way that you do everything else in your life. I think that photographers inherently are observant people. Um, I think we tend to notice things that maybe the general public doesn't notice. You know, you see, even when you don't have your camera with me, you're always seeing frames. You're always seeing like compositions. You're seeing light. You're like, Oh my God, look at how the light is hitting that like pole. (laughs) (laughs) That thing's so boring and basic, but you're like, God, the light's amazing. And I'm like, oh, look at that sunset. And, you know, you just, I think there's this like inherent like wonder and awe that I think good photographers have because you're constantly taking things in and you're constantly like seeing scenes and noticing things that maybe aren't as obvious. And I'm always to my kids, I'm like, oh my God, look at that. Look at that sunset. Look at that, those clouds. Look at whatever. And I know this isn't architecture, but I'm, always pointing out these little things to my kids and they're like, Oh my God, mom, like, mm-hmm, great. Let me go back to my phone. Um, but it is amazing. Cause sometimes I'll have those moments where one of my kids will be like, oh, look at the sunset right now. I'm like, Oh, it's getting through. Like they're noticing things that like, you know, other people like sure a pretty sunset. A lot of people are like, Oh, that's pretty. And they just move on as opposed to like, just kind of feeling a little more awestruck, I guess by it. Um, or just, you know, the way that you visually look at the world. Um, I don't do this as much as some other photographers that I know, but some photographers are really into film. So when they watch movies, they like, they see light and they see still frames within that image. And I do that. I can see that to some extent, but I know other photographers that are way more into that or really notice film and the way things are shot in the type of light that's used. And, um, you know, I think you just, depending on what you're interested in, you tend to notice those, those things differently. The way you look at art, the way you listen to music, um, all of, all those art forms, I think when you start like really getting into your photography or things like that, I think other art forms also become more interesting to you or you analyze them in a different way. Like, I used to hate Picasso and I'm sure like that's a horrible thing to say. And I just be like, I don't get it. I just don't get it. And like now I love don't Picasso. I think like, yeah, I mean, well, yeah, I mean, it's a little, you know, stuff's crazy, but like when I see it now, I appreciate it more or, um, you know, I understand it better than I used to. And I think that comes from consuming a lot of visual stuff, like looking at a lot of different photographers work. 
um, you know, looking at movies in a different way, looking at paintings in a different way and trying to understand why they use the composition they did or the lighting that they did in, um, in their work. So I don't know. I think overall it just makes us more observant people. <laughs> Hopefully that's a good thing. Yeah. And it's, it sounds like I'm hearing you, it makes your life richer. So you've yeah, been, absolutely. you've been, it's like a gift that you get to experience the world on a different plane, so to speak. Instead of just living through and yeah. walking and ignoring everything, you get to see the wonders that are yeah, all around it's, you. Yeah, it's noticing all of these little things that are so easy to ignore, you know. Um, yeah, I think we all need to do that more. Yeah, and you share that with the world, so then they start looking too. So that's really awesome. How do you think you maintain your joy and passion even when you're in say the the downtime or the the creative lull or whatever, but the more challenging your life is, how do you push through and keep that sense of joy and passion in your work? Um, that can be hard sometimes. Um, you know, we all go through these spells where you're just uninspired and you don't, I don't know. I'm like, I don't know what to go shoot. I don't feel like it. I don't want to pick up my camera. I don't want to do anything. Um, and sometimes I think we need to give ourselves, like allow ourselves to just take a break. Um, I think it might sound weird, but like going for a walk, like being in nature and like getting away from it and not thinking about it. Um, a lot of times in those like quieter spaces, like ideas come to you or you like make connections um, between things in your life and your work. Um, so I really, I really think it, is in those like lulls and those quiet times and not beating yourself up for being like feeling uninspired, you know, it, like COVID, I felt like not picking up a camera during all of COVID. I barely shot and, you know, I maybe needed the break. Um, you know, like last, my, um, spring through fall is usually pretty busy. And last like November, I was just like burnt out. I'm like, I need a break. And I mean, I did nothing for like a month. Like I didn't, you know, the client stuff had kind of wrapped and, um, like I was just done with my workshops for the year. I just didn't shoot, you know, I watched a lot of movies and TV and read books. And I think in doing other things, you kind of refresh yourself and you pick up different pieces of inspiration from all these other things that you consume. So, yeah, I guess that's, that's how I do it. <laughs> well, that's, that's good. If it works, that's what matters, right? So we're yeah. going to wrap this episode up and the next one, we're going to come back and talk a little bit more on being mindful and having balance. So we will see you again shortly. Hi, um, Angie McMonagle here. Um, if you'd like to learn more about teaching opportunities with me, you can check out my website. There's a free ebook you can download that goes over um, some of the composition and ways to photograph. Um, it'll also get you signed up for the newsletter. So if you're ever interested in workshops, you'll be the first to know and get those discount codes for workshops. I also have some webinars I've done in the past that are available on the website and I am available for private mentoring or photo walks. So just send me an email and we can get it figured out.
Thank you for tuning in to this episode of The Creative Warriors. We want to thank Angie McMonagall for sharing her heart and her soul with us. We hope you enjoyed our fun conversation and gained some valuable takeaways. In our next episode, get ready to learn more with Angie. Remember to subscribe or follow The Creative Warriors on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. If you have any thoughts, suggestions, or questions, please don't hesitate to reach out to me at Ariel at arielfaithphotography.com. Until next time, keep exploring, keep learning, and keep the conversation going. Stay curious and have a happy artistic journey. Thank you for listening to the Creative Warriors podcast, the female heart and soul of photography. See you next episode.